0: Hello and welcome to the Film Score Junkie podcast once again with me, Charlie Nelson, coming to you from the Le Giornate del Cinema Muto Festival in Pordenone, Italy. I have with me composer, conductor, and musician Gunther A. Buchwald. Um, Gunther Buchwald is originally from Germany, but he's traveled all, he's traveled all over the world. Uh, improvising uh, to silent films on the piano as well as on the violin and uh, the other night I also heard him sing and play Spanish guitar so he's a, I guess we should call him a multi-instrumentalist and as well as that he has also conducted and composed uh, music for silent films he has either conducted his own original scores uh, this Saturday, he'll be closing the festival with his brand his brand new score to the 1927 film Casanova, and he has also conducted other people's scores, like Carl Davis's scores and, of course, Charlie Chaplin's scores. Um, so, to start with, Gunter, what was it that um, inspired your that inspired your interest in silent films?
1: That was a simple question, if I know somebody of the local pianist at the University of Freiburg in in Germany, Uh, if I know somebody who could improvise uh, for the next week's Saturday, the Hunchback of Notre Dame. And I didn't find one uh, of the master pianists (laughs) playing or improvising. And sometimes, somehow I was, uh, well, it it took me and I said, well, let me try it because I always try improvised music on the piano because I'm a bad side reader. So uh, it was a challenge for me and I did it one time and the decision was clear. When there's another chance, I'll do it again. And so from two times, three times, four times. It uh, became shortly after a monthly program in the Comunale Kino, the Cinema Comunale of Freiburg. And uh, so actually I started in 78 and the r- normal regular program was from 81 on. And I'm still doing it monthly in Freiburg, uh, except the year of COVID. So I, well, that's my became my job, my real job.
0: So, when you improvise, when you improvise to a film, uh, do you ever play something and think that you should, and think that you should write it down or use it in a composed score?
1: Uh, with few films, uh, I I did, uh, especially uh, on the masterpiece, Mona of Nosferatu. Uh, from the very beginning, I knew the film and I always improvised and I had my certain version and uh, with the years coming I discovered more and more inside the movie, also outside the movie about uh, Murnau as a director and so I changed my my thinking about Nosferatu and the the movie and the story and only after 35 years I started to compose an orchestral score for Nosferatu Mm. so it takes some time and uh, but otherwise uh, I do not write down what I've improvised even I can remember what I've done for a certain movie
0: so when you improvise to a film um so you you improvise to films a lot and um how many have you ever watched a film before you improvise do you prefer to watch a film before you improvise or do you want to do it like Do you, don't you want to watch it before you improvise and just like have the music um, come out of thin air um, and, and, and The film when the film is new to you
1: No, no, I started uh, by watching the movie because I think you have to know what's going on, how it will end. You must know from the beginning: is it a tragedy? Is it a comedy? Uh, uh, I want as much as possib- information as much as possible before the film. And it only happened after maybe five, six years that the copy didn't arrive in time. So uh, <laughs> I was worried about. And I, uh, the man from the cinema, he gave me uh, information, so I decided to have a certain style. Exactly at that cinema performance, the director of the University of Music came, and I was even more shocked and nervous. After I asked him, uh, how did you feel about that? Oh, it was perfect, so I feel, felt relieved. And only with a lot of experience, I would say, I. And we do it in Porta or we did it for the giornate uh, uh, without knowing the the movie what's going on. But with a certain experience you know how Griffith is working and so on and so on. And nowadays there's a huge difference because when I started in 1978 we only had the copy, the the 35mm or the 16mm print and only one chance to watch a film. We didn't have a DVD, we didn't have YouTube or whatever to prepare. So it was kind of seeing it one time and playing the next time. The, I had a very hard school in that way uh, because I was soon invited to Basel in Switzerland, which is nearby Freiburg where I live. And uh, they have the Bon film, Le Bon film, who is celebrating now its 17th anniversary. And the sessions for the f- five performances of the f- movie of the w- uh, weekend movie was uh, at 12 o'clock on Saturday, 12 o'clock on Sunday, and three performances on Monday. So the three PNS were supposed to accompany the film were invited at 10 o'clock on Saturday. Mm. And as I came from Freiburg, especially for the performance, they said you always have the Saturday uh, performance. Mm. So we watched the film at 10 o'clock. It finishes at 11.30, 11.45. Then I had 15 minutes or 45 minutes sometimes uh, to walk uh, through the town and to, to prepare my music in my mind and then to play it. So that was uh, the school, how I learned. Uh.
0: I guess then with a, a film like Nosferatu, something gothic, living in somewhere like Germany, I'm not familiar with Freiburg or, or Basel, but somewhere centru- in central Western Europe, somewhere yeah. gothic, I think, would be a, would help a lot when composing for a gothic horror film like Nosferatu <laughs> uh, although that's just uh, no, that's just, just a thought the, that uh, popped into I my think,
1: mind I uh, think and I we, we, we in our master classes here in Podenone we always tell the people you must have a, a huge repertoire because um, um, uh, uh, uh you cannot play one style for any movie, you have to make a choice. By example, for Nosferatu, uh, I, when I composed the music, I listened a lot to Bartok music, because it plays in Romania, uh, Transylvania, so uh, to get in a certain mood. So for another film, for Casanova, by example, I listened a lot of uh, Tchaikovsky symphonies, and I, I was... Uh, I was looking for music of Vivaldi uh, of uh, composers who have composed music for le carnaval de Venise, the carnival of venice existing mm. music, so I was listening to what they have done in the nine uh, in the seventeen hundred years, mm. so just to have uh, uh, you must have a huge repertoire also when you improvise. Uh, of different music, so you know, you have to know classical music of the Baroque time, Renaissance, R- Romantic period, modern time, and uh, you have, you must n- have knowledge about, uh, well, English mood, English harmonies, uh, you have to know about Western, you have to know know about Indian music or Japanese music, so whatever source I have, I try to to listen and to get it in my kind of bibliothèque, hmm. So where I can use this different styles.
0: Yes, and um, that sort of that those different kinds of music from all over the world, I I imagine they are they are definitely important to mood music. If you are to if you are to underscore a scene or a character or something in the film the right way for it to have the right effect. And, um, which brings me to the next question, um, tomorrow night you are conducting your new score for Casanova, yeah. you are rehearsing it at the moment, um, what is the difference between conducting to a silent film? Uh, and improvising to a silent film on a musical instrument?
1: Well, when I improvise, I don't have any parts, any score. It just comes out of my mental bibliothèque of, of, of what I spoke before. Conducting a score is just to realize what the composer has written. And then the main work to synchronize with the, with the movie, orchestra and movie to bring it together because uh, normally a, a composition is exactly going along with the movie. You have the P.R.T. Ch- at the right moment So and you have to practice this.
0: Hmm. You have uh, among the scores, as I mentioned at the start, um, among the scores you have conducted to silent films, a lot of them have been Charlie Chaplin scores. Yeah. And I have heard from conductors like Timothy Brock and maybe others who have conducted Chaplin that they are um, particularly difficult, depending on which film you do. Is there a specific technique or way of dealing with, I'm not sure if pitfalls is the right term, but tackling the potential problems when conducting a Chaplin school?
1: When I start working with the orchestra, my main focus in the beginning is just to get the right spirit for the music. Like some city lights. <laughs> These, um, I, I try, always try to explain the movie, the plot. And I'm very sorry most of the time that the, the orchestra members don't know the movie. They should, they should know the movie they should know Chaplin, they should watch Casanova or whatever, just to, give, to have an, a known feeling for this. So, the uh, first, musical feeling is for me the most important. And then, uh, it depends how experienced the orchestra is, to bring it uh, in the right speed, to bring it in the right tempo. They especially Chaplin, he's... Uh, he's Bose, he has uh, a certain musical mood he, he describes himself uh, the tramp is an elegant person it's not a, the poor man not the slapstick man and if you take the melody <laughs> he is romantic and uh, whatever. So, and this this bom then, we have the. Uh, dee-dum, 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 dee-dum. When he watches the, the figure, the naked hmm. girl, and he <laughs> does it secretly because he won't be trapped by the public. So that's the main book.
0: Chaplin's music is a very particular style. I think there are very few composers who who have that similar style, the chords underneath the melody, and he has that Gershwin-esque leaning notes technique. Do you do you think he has Gershwin in him or Great um, American Songbook.
1: Yeah, y- I'm not sure but when when he well maybe after when he composed the music for City Lights. I'm not sure because um, he was like uh, that kind of bird who steals the jewelrys uh, out of houses. Diebische Elster, you know, and um, um, David Ragsin. Who was uh, his assistant for modern times? He, described, he describes uh, uh, Chaplin as somebody who grew up with a lot of music around him. And uh, Chaplin uh, uh, ch- said sometimes here I need a little bit Puccini, here a little bit Gershwin, city lights, di bom bom, pa bom bom. Here, I want a little bit Gershwin, here, a little bit Puccini, and then the funny thing, uh, da-di-da, La Violetta. Mm. He, he thought it's his own composition, and then but somebody came, No, it's my composition. So, you know, Chaplin was a musician, a born musician. He was not only the director, the actor, he was not only the singer, he was not only. Uh, uh, a a good dancer, he was a musician and his aunt said to the public, what? Chaplin is going to the cinema? The world will never know how gifted a musician he was or he is. But now we know.
0: You also mentioned just now that Chaplin was a great singer. Um, I think very I think those especially those who aren't familiar with his with the films he has done he sang in modern times he sang the nonsense song yeah. but also even later in his life he could sing um, he sang the title song to his re-release of the circus Swing Little Girl and um, and he has such a I, at first I didn't recognise who it was, but it ha- it's a very distinctive baritone voice that he has.
1: Yes, he's not, he's not an opera singer, he has not an educated or a developed voice, but it's very personal. Swing, little girl, swing high to the sky. Well, well his mother and his father were both singers and he grew up backstage and he when he jumped in for his mother he sang the song what the mother was supposed to sing
0: many people have described that moment when chaplin was a child it's been in his biography yeah. or autobiography and it's even been dramatized in the movie about his life and i think it really it immediately springs to mind cuz it it, it 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 you can easily picture it in your head now just bef- now to move on Um, as we're pressed for time, um, your interest in, in, as as silent film music is music for the movies, does this interest of yours ever spill into sound films or modern film music?
1: Yes, quite sure, uh, because we have fantastic composers uh, uh, like Bernard Herrmann, David Rex and many others, Bernstein, Elmar. Uh, Alex Norse, Dimitri uh, um, Tiomkin. So they are masterpieces for showing how music can work together with, with the plot, with the story. Theodorakis um, is for me a masterpiece with Alex Sorbas, Sorbas the Greek. Uh, where even in the story, in the storyline, music is integrated. He says, "You know, I need for living. I need to dance. I need music, and to to work out, to to study how they compose, how they use the different instrumentation for certain scenes. We can only learn from them too.
0: I guess." you'll probably agree with this great film scores great themes from film scores, very melodic ones are like wordless songs I remember you conducting several years ago you conducted Carl Davis's score to the freshman in Bristol and I've listened to that score again and again and again the tunes in that are inspired... Okay, there is, of course, the 1920s, because that's the period the film was made and set in, but also there's a lot of songs from, like, musicals of the 1960s, like Hello, Dolly or Oliver, like the 6-8 title music in parts is like Consider Yourself, and also the is reminiscent of Put On Your Sunday Clothes from yeah. Hello Dolly. Yeah. Do you think that's a coincidence or Carl may have been, might have been tempted or it was subliminal or whatever?
1: Well, I think that's um, maybe not even conscious. Hmm. I don't know, you have to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, but well, if, 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 it, if the title fits to what you want to describe it, musically in the, for the movie, it, it can be a good choice. And it's funny because maybe we want as a composer, you, the public, think of that scene or on that different other m- uh, movie. That could be an idea. Uh, by example, for Casanova, I use many little hints Hidden uh, themes, by example when Casanova is going to treat the man who brings him uh, to another place in a chariot, I use Till Eulenspiegel, Richard Strauss. Just to give a hint uh, for the public. Now he's going to treat, he's going (laughs) Eulenspiegel with this man. Or I'm using uh, for the carnival. it is an uh, overture of Monteverdi Orfeo. Uh, and I mix it together with the to give the mm-hmm. its joy of life and even but uh, later um, uh, Casanova is in prison. So we can do many things.
0: So those will be. I imagine you will have incorporated those into the score in such a way because if it's a a serious film, it's not a comedy, I imagine it's a serious film, although I'm not familiar with the story of Casanova, you would have done it in such a subtle way. Or some members of the audience might hear it, others won't, so that it it doesn't get like an unintentional laugh because it's not a comedy. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 you're right. Uh, it, It can be dangerous. I must admit, uh, um, uh, there's a there is a, Mike, um, a good sentence by Michael Nyman when he composed the draftmen's contract, uh, and he wanted to, to have a uh, music in Vivaldi style, mm. and he said, "I did not use Vivaldi, but I v- composed the music that the people thinks of Vivaldi." without listening to Vivaldi and probably knowing the music of Vivaldi and then thinking of no, the, the music should go differently as what uh, Michael Nehman made out of it.
0: So he basically, I presume, if he's not familiar with Vivaldi, probably imagined what Vivaldi would have sounded like in his, in his own head. And just 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 made up what he thought no, no, that right. was
1: very thoughtful. He knows exactly what Vivaldi has written, but he didn't want the public to listen to Vivaldi, hmm. so he made his own version of Vivaldesque uh, music just ah. to have the the period yeah just that style hmm.
0: so he probably. P- For that part he probably put himself in Vivaldi's shoes and yes
1: if you like but it's for the whole movie for the Mm. there are moments where it's very contemporary but so we are in a certain mood of this 17th hundred
0: this this year is the 40th edition of the Gionati festival and um, at the, on the opening night, uh, the, mayor sa- the mayor said um, the festival has been going for 40 years and he wants it to continue for another 40 years. I agree with that statement and I imagine you do. Do you think it will continue for another 40 years?
1: Uh, yeah, I hope for the festival, for the spirit of uh, silent film and watching uh, to have a public for silent films. I will not get s- some more 40 years, because I'll be dead at that period, <laughs> in 40 years, for sure. Although I would be 110, I don't know if I can still play the piano at that time. Uh, well, I, I wish it will do, and uh, because uh, watching silent f- movies, to be involved as a musician with silent movie is a very interesting part and tile of our history and uh, I always I'm a fan of knowing about where we come from so uh, I wish it can continue and I hopefully uh, there are new rediscoveries new restorations imagine um, because Sanova's mod was made in 1926 27 it came out The film was supposed to be lost Mm. and uh, they only started uh, in the 80s to make a restoration, a first restoration. And uh, it was with the wrong speed and it was not with the colored sections. And now with the new technology, you can restore it better. You can make a DCP out of it. You can run it in the right speed. You have the fantastic. Um, uh, colors, the that very the expensive moment, yeah, so I guess there's still a lot to do, restora- restoring movies and to make them survive.
0: Make sure that they last longer than, make sure they last for centuries and so that they don't go off or, or start to yeah, decay. Yeah, I
1: don't know what centuries mean. we don't have uh, the feeling for centuries. Mm. We have not uh, even a feeling for 20 years, so you never know what's going on in the future. Uh, But uh, we have to to keep it anyway, as a a treasure and a source of inspiration.
0: Final question, you have performed at this festival for many years, um, and you've performed many times. Um, what do you think? What do you think makes this festival so special?
1: I think it's uh, the that group which comes together, the, the 800 one hundred, the eight hundred or thousand people uh, in one spirit. Now I- this year it's an exception; we are only half, <laughs> but it's uh, about to meet people from the archives, to meet other musicians. To, to meet uh, directors, to meet even, uh, it happened, it happened. Uh, people who whom we seen in the movies as children. Um, we had, uh, by example, we had Michael Chaplin. We had, um, as a son of Chaplin, we had uh, baby Peggy in her 90s when we saw her on the screen when she was four years old mm. and uh, and so on. That's interesting. We had we met uh, Richard Williams, Dick Williams. Uh, in, he came to Satchile at the part of no, Festival at the time when it was in Ch- Satchile and he had had a lecture about uh, animation. Uh, we were friends. He joined my group in Bristol for the slapstick, he, where he played the trumpet, uh, the cornet.
0: Oh, that's I never, I never knew, I never knew Dick Williams could play. I only know a, a little bit of what Dick Williams did. Yeah. Animation-wise, he did charge of the light brigade, and of course he did the animated titles that they show here every night. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but you know, he was a musician. He played the cornet in uh, in uh, in in England. He had a jazz band, a Dixieland band, and they played the right style of Dixieland. He he wouldn't have been able to make his animation without knowing about music, I guess. And uh, he, his daughter Natasha, she's a singer, so she I, she must grew up with with
0: music. Yes,
1: that's very interesting. Anyway.
0: Thank you very much, Gunther. Thank you very much for giving up your time and allowing me to interview you. Thank, Thank you.
1: you for the time and for your questions and you, for your inspiration. Thank you very and much. And keep going on yourself.